Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. It is Friday, March 1st, 2024. This is another edition of Football Today. You know that dude, Bobby Skinner from the Talking Giants world. I am Chris Rose. Producer Mikey is here as well. We get Is this new? The goatee? It is new. Every like once a year, I try out some facial hair for two, three weeks, and then it ends up going away, and I go back to clean shaven. But mm. you know, it's it is new. You know, is, is that in honor of the scouting combine because you wanted to look rough and tumble for all those teams you're trying to impress? Well, here's my. You know what? Now that I'm thinking about it, I'm about to have new neighbors. You know, the people next mm. to me are moving out. Maybe it just you know intimidate them. You know. Yes. Okay. You know, but like you know. Yeah, let me know if you'd ever need anything. Way to set the tempo. That's right. And then they'll keep their doors triple locked now because of this look. Uh, speaking of the combine. My music was too uh, All right, yeah. No, don't, don't do that. Don't do that. Don't be that guy. <laughs> be nice and bring over cookies that aren't uh, laced with something. That'll be fine. Um, so the quarterbacks talk on, on Friday at the scouting combine. Some of them will actually throw over the weekend on Saturday, and we'll talk about that momentarily. Of course, everybody in the world was waiting for the presumptive number one overall pick, Caleb Williams, to see what he would say about possibly playing in Chicago. There were all those reports out there. He doesn't want to go there. They don't exactly have a great history of drafting and developing quarterbacks. So he covered a myriad of topics. Um, I didn't feel the need to, to go out and throw. Um, I played around 30-some games, I believe. Um, go ahead and go watch real, real live ball of me and uh, see how I am as a competitor. All right, so he is not throwing over the weekend. In fact, he is reportedly the first player to ever show up to Indianapolis and not do the medicals as well. That's a big component of this thing. Obviously, we don't get the cover. Um, A, how do you think he is handling this whole thing? And B, is he still the number one overall pick? Because Jaden Daniels is getting a lot of steam lately. Which is crazy to me because I think if anyone were to get some favor for it, it would be Drake May over Jaden Daniels. Um, yeah, he, he's, he's going to Chicago and he's going to, he's going to do the physicals for the teams that, you know, he goes right. on those top 30 visits for, um, you know, this is one of those tricky things because you see all like the outside noise with Caleb Williams, whether it's, you know, the painting, the nails, the crying, right? Like there's just all these random things. And then being, like you said, the first person, which like, there's gotta be some type of question of like what happens to you when you hit adversity right like and i don't care about the painting nails or or the crying thing uh i actually like the crying thing it shows he's competitive uh but do, do you, like you're you're down there is there mm-hmm. questions about him like mentally mm-hmm. like when he hits adversity or is it just like no this guy no. plays with swagger and he's going to be fine because that's the way i've kind of view it yeah i i love it i listened to his whole uh media press conference uh, i heard him do a one-on-one interview with tom pelicero like he is mature. He is uh, a CEO, which is what you want with that number one overall pick. I mean, a, a lot of the noise, I think, has actually come attached to his dad, who's trying to push like the rookie wage scale, if you will. Um, 
and some of the things that have just gone on with the status quo that everybody's done over the years because that's the way it's done. I think his dad has said, listen, this kid is different. And it's not he's not doing it, it sounds like, out of, uh, well, this is all about me, right? He's doing it to make sure that Caleb Williams is taken care of. I mean, this is a kid that earned between 10 and $12 million in NIL and already has huge companies backing him. He is different than anybody we've ever seen come into the league. So because I think everybody mistakes that for, oh, it's a little bit of a problem. I don't think that's the case at all here. No, I don't think so either. And I, I want my quarterbacks to, you know, have that swagger and, the, and that confidence for the for the most part anyways. Um, and I don't – like you look back at USC or Oklahoma, there wasn't any like – like there wasn't any Baker Mayfield red flags, right? Where, you know, got arrested, you know, taunting the other team, whether, you know, you like that or you don't. Where with Caleb, it's just he paints his nails, which people find a little weird, and then crying, you know, in the stands with his mom. Those are like the two, those are like the only two things that people point at. And, you know, I don't think that's anything near, you know, like I said, like Baker Mayfield type issues or anything. So I think he's going to be fine. I think he's got all the talent in the world, and I think the things that he needs to fix are things that he will get better at in time. And until he fixes those, he's still going to be a hell of a talent who's able to, you know, take advantage of, you know, that Chicago situation. I, I think he's going to be fine. I think he's all. I think he's the slam dunk number one pick in this draft. I do too. I mean, you know, the things you don't want to hear are that he's Bo Callahan, right? Right, the fictitious quarterback out of draft day where nobody went to his birthday party. You know, like that's. That's the sort of stuff that would be alarming, but you never. Well, that's heard why that. I wanted to ask you if you had heard anything. No. In Indi- a lot of times we we'd have these hypothetical conversations, and then you find out a year or two later, it's like, yeah, he doesn't study. He doesn't study well, or hey, he just doesn't like. He can't even spit. Like Malik Willis, right? Like the whole the whole hype. Obviously, Malik Willis is not near the prospect of him, but he was. He's a talented quarterback, and it's all those questions. And then we were in Detroit talking with someone, and it was like, did you guys ever like? have a chance at him, like think about him. They're like, no, he couldn't really spit out the playbook back to us. Um, so I, that's, those are the things we usually find out afterwards, but people quietly know in the moment that are in the know. People I've talked to haven't said boo about it. Yeah, then just... I think he's going to be fine. I think he's a special talent. Like you see yep. the throws he makes and, it's, and his, you know, the magic he does in the pocket and evading uh, sacks or pressure. Uh, you know, Heisman Trophy winner. I think he's going to be fine. Slam dunk number one pick. As long as long as there's no question marks of his work ethic, and you know, even though he'll have mistakes with the playbook and stuff, just not like he has at least has a grasp of it and understands it and can spit it back out. Yeah, and I thought you know he made people were getting on him and and asking him and pressing him as they should have about the reports that you don't want to go to Chicago he's like no no, I'm good like they went seven and ten last year that's pretty damn good for a team that is picking first and he's right about that usually it's like a three-win team now obviously this is a franchise that just hasn't drafted and developed guys to be elite quarterbacks right I mean that's the that's the track record so that's the question hopefully it's not a shit show when he gets there and he can get all the support he needs and they'll be back in this thing because the NFL is a little bit better when the Chicago Bears are more interesting. And if they get a star quarterback and an elite guy to boot, that's going to make it that much more fun. Um, I'm more excited and to see what they do with pick nine. Like, do they – is there yeah. a wide receiver they go to add with DJ Moore? You know, do they yeah. – are is Brock Bowers the spot for them, even though Cole Komet's a good mm. player there? 
Um, do you know, do they add another offensive lineman? Like I, I'm, I'm excited to see what they do at nine to help right. them out. Yeah. Because that defense was playing pretty well the back half of last season. Like they feel like, and if they can keep Jalen Johnson there with the ex- expanded salary cap, uh, maybe make a few other moves. Cause they've got talent at linebacker, you know, a bunch they, of young players from last year's draft, like Tyreek Stevenson they, and others. Yes. They traded for Montez sweat and they locked him up. Um, and he did a really nice job, uh, the second half of the season with them. So, you know, they're not bereft of talent here. They've, they've got some things going for them. Uh, let's stay on the whole quarterback train. We know that the top three are not throwing on Saturday. Uh, so Caleb Williams won't go. Drake May won't go. Jaden Daniels won't go. But there's the next group of three that will go. Which one of them, in your opinion, could grab a torch, run with it, and say, I am here and plant the flag? I think it's J.J. McCarthy, and not because of you know throwing the football versus air. I think this is this combines more about the meetings and testings than it is the actual on field like football drills that they do. Um, if he can get on a whiteboard or with a clicker with these teams, which they are doing with him, and they just wow him to where they're like, "Hey, he's talented. He may not be the most talented quarterback, but man, he just sees the game at a better level than these young players like this do." then he can like solidify himself as a top 10 pick. Yeah. I mean, listen, there's, there's a lot of run with him. You know, there's, there's people that think he could end up in Atlanta. if Justin Fields doesn't end up there. So that would be at eight. There are other, you know, you've got kind of the group and we talked about them earlier in the week, the 11, 12, 13 of the Vikings Broncos Raiders, who at least at this point before Kirk cousins goes anywhere, it has, each of those teams has unsettled quarterback situations. Would any of them trade up maybe to get him? So that all makes sense. To me, it's Bo Nix, right? Has there ever been a guy that started as many games? You know, he was a three-year starter at Auburn and a two-year starter at Oregon. So 61 career starts in Division I. Uh, at Oregon, he was a different player statistically than he was at Auburn. He completed 73% of his passes. Um his numbers are insane. 74 touchdowns, 10 picks in 879 attempts up there in Eugene. But it feels like every pass he threw went about two yards past the line of scrimmage. Now, he did throw the ball downfield occasionally, uh, but it was just pretty much let's run back and zing it. Can he adapt to a pro-style offense enough? You know, there's obviously going to be a lot of RPOs. He's a good athlete. He can move. He can utilize his legs and all that sort of stuff. But I think that people don't know exactly what he is. It feels like it's a little bit like Jalen Hurts when he was coming out. Yeah, but Jalen Hurts had like the athletic part of him that helped him get through those first couple of years. Um, to me, if, if a guy's been in college for five years and started all these games, like I don't want to have like any questions about him. Like it has to be like a sure thing, and you have to have, have like the talent that Jaden Daniels does, who's another older you know, a uh, draft prospect mm-hmm. who's been in college for a long time, you know, have, have those abilities. I, I watch Bo Nix and I just look at someone who is not comfortable when there's pressure. Right. And if you're not comfortable with pressure and you're not making the big wow throat, you got, he has a good arm. Right. Um, mm-hmm. But you're, you know, you, you have your fair share of misses when there is pressure I, I, and you're older. I just, I don't know what the vision is for him unless it's uh Pittsburgh or whoever, just like, hey, we got a decent team. Let's 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 just upgrade quarterback here. Even though it's not a huge upgrade. Well, that's the thing. 
So what do you think? Second round for him? Yeah, that's, I mean, that's, and I, 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 I need to get my full evals. Maybe that's what I will do this upcoming week now that my mock draft video is done, is just get the full quarterback so I don't have to dance around it. So, But I've watched him the Senior Bowl. I watched a couple broadcast games versus Washington. And I just I just saw a guy who doesn't impress me to take a first-rounder, right? Like I watched Mac Jones live and Bo Nix live, and we've seen Mac Jones' struggles. And I think Mac Jones was a, like a superior, a, a pretty superior player. Well, I've always had this question. Um what do you expect out of a second round quarterback? Because if you're taking a guy in the second round, don't you expect him to be a starter at some point early in his career? Yeah, I, I am. I know there's a, anytime people talk about quarterbacks, they always bring up the exceptions. I'd never want my team to draft anyone that's not in the first round at quarterback. Hmm. I mean, you look at the league, it is made up of first round quarterbacks. Now, comments, spit out the exceptions. It happens every single time. Yes. You know, Jalen Hurts, whoever. But the let's go, let's go the top five, you know, the top five quarterbacks in the NFL. Patrick Mahomes, first rounder, Josh Allen, first rounder, Lamar Jackson, first rounder. Almost became a second rounder, though. Uh Justin Herbert, first rounder, CJ Stroud, first rounder. Most of the time they're top, you know, five to seven, you know, top in top ten picks, right? Like Lamar is a, a bit of an exception, you know, being picked at pick 32. Um, so I, 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 and you look at the guys who are the exceptions and they're usually in pretty awesome situations. Like Jalen Hurts is the best year. That talent, that offense was humming. Like it was just had answers for everything. And then Brock Purdy, like that, that San Fran offense made Jimmy Garoppolo be top five in EPA per play. And he can't even get a job a year later. Um, so I, I don't want my team taking a quarterback in the second round. I, I, I think it's. I think it's bad drafting when that happens for the most part. Who is the best quarterback right now that wasn't drafted in the first round? Is it Kirk Cousins? Russell? Either him or it, – it's Kirk, Dak, or, or Jalen. Oh, yeah. And I yeah. like Jalen, right? Like, Jalen at least has, like, the the physical tools to – like, he's a huge part of their run game. Uh-huh. You know, and when, he's, and when he's not a part of their run game due to injuries, you saw the Eagles offense struggle. You know, the tush push, like that's become a, a huge weapon for them. Not a, other, other quarterbacks can't do that. So if you're taking one in the second round, it has to be because like, hey, he's got a, some flaws. But dude is just wonderfully talented. And if we figure it out, it works. All right. Um, so the defense actually took center stage on Thursday. Give me one defender that excites you the most that you saw yesterday and and just I'm not talking about because of what he did at the combine, but it could have, it could have added an element to your evaluation of him. And then one guy a little further down the runway that could be a really good pro. So let's each go with, with the guy first that we really, really like period. Byron Murphy, the defensive. Oh, come on. You, you stole him. Well, Hey, I did a video on him. So I feel like he's partly mine. Okay. And the comparable to him is the guy who I fell in full bloom love with. I wanted him to fall to the Giants and Kalijah Kansi. Now, I think Kalijah Kansi is a better prospect than Byron Murphy. But you look at their test uh, testing, um, you know, both six foot six one. Now, Byron Murphy's he's 16 pounds heavier, but still only 297. What I liked about Murphy, even though this is short arms, it's not as short as Kalijah Kansi's were. Like his, his arms are almost two inches longer now Cansey, i think is a better prospect he ran four six seven murphy ran a four eight seven i'm really excited about him because he has such great pass rush ability but there is going to be struggles in, in in the run defense and how he gets on the field but i think he's going to be a disruptor and i'm so excited to see him in the league the tackle is going to become the new linebackers where they just keep getting lighter and lighter every year 
Well, he cut weight from the season. He was listed at 308, and so he's at two, he was at 297. Um, but, yeah, I mean, are they going to get down to 285? Like, I don't see that. But, it, you know, you could see some of these guys who were low 300s get down a little bit. But he's so quick. And his, like, so his vert was 33 inches, which is disgusting for a guy who weighs 300 pounds. I mean, that is just certifiably insane. There is a cornerback in the NFL named Byron Murphy, right? He played last season with the Minnesota Vikings. A cornerback who weighs almost 100 pounds less than this Byron Murphy. He only jumped three inches higher. Like, just think about that for a second on the physics of this whole thing. Guys who are moving this fast and able to have that explosiveness, he is a freak. He is a freak. He knew he was going to be great. He knew he was going to test great. And he is an outstanding football player, man. He can he can apply a little pressure. He's got some moves. Teams want to see that. They want because if you're going to be on the field as much as he expects to be on the field, you got to give us some push up the gut. You've got to you got to be a team that has the vision for him. Who's going to let him go and be a disruptor? Know that there's going to be times where he gets worked in the run game. Yes. Or, he make tackles for loss and be a disruptor the way Cansey is. And I think Cansey was much more developed as a run defender than Byron Murphy is right now. Um, but you have to have the vision. And that's why teams don't like drafting the outliers, especially on the line. So it'll be interesting to see where he goes. But it only takes one team, right? Like, I I was pushing for Kalaj to Cansey for the Giants at 25. And, you know, our own fan base is like, oh, the short arms, the short arms. I was like, dude, is has the third best film in this draft after Will Anderson and Jalen Carter. Like, he's a baller. He's going to make plays. And it took just one team, 20 of the Bucks taking him, and he was a huge piece for them this year. All right. Now give me one other guy, because you and I are both in on Murphy. Uh, we could have gone a bunch of different. I thought Jared Verse was great last night. I thought Dallas Turner was incredible. I mean, his 40-and-a-half-inch vertical and then the – Run a four four six forty at almost two hundred fifty pounds. He's like he's just he's going to be great, and he's super smart. His dad was a Wall Street guy. He's already an investor in like his latest financial endeavor. He's he's just sounds like a fascinating kid, and his interview great. It sounds like give me one guy a little bit off the beaten path that that fans can kind of sink their teeth into that when they hear the name called on draft day, they're like ah Skinner and Rose were talking about him. Well, another guy I did a video on, Peyton Wilson, who is a linebacker from NC State. I think he ran a 4-4-4 yesterday. 4-4-3. He was the fastest guy that ran on Thursday. Watch him play. He is a ball player, right? There's some flaws in the cleanup, but he is a ball player who understands the game. And we got the I got to sit down and talk with him at, at the senior bowl after, you know, after I'd already did a video on him. And he just understands the game. Now He's a little older and he's had injury issues, right? And he may be a little he may be a little thin for, for a linebacker, but he's just someone that I know if he's on the field, he's gonna be he's gonna be an asset for a team in a year where there's no like top linebacker in the class. There's no such thing now as being a thin linebacker. There's just not because I hate it. I, I well, want my for, linebackers big again. That's not what it is right now. It might circle back, Bobby. You just gotta hold on tight. Uh because it's First of all, there's never three linebackers on the field at the same time unless somebody's punting, and then we can. Unless you're the line. Chiefs and you just have three studs, and we got to figure a way to get these guys on. That's that's true, but they, you know, like at least one of them is feels like he's a. That's what teams are doing, right? They're they're taking a safety and making him 221 pounds, and they're throwing him 
down there closer to the line of scrimmage. So he is he is a fun guy to watch. Daniel Jeremiah the had the line of the night. He called him what John C. Riley. Uh, if he got in a time machine and spent all day in the gym, like that's what he looks like right now. I thought it was it was pretty good. Um, guy I'm going with uh, is Muhammad Kamara out of Colorado State. Ran a four five seven at two hundred forty eight pounds, which I thought was pretty good. Every year he improved out there. Uh, he eventually became the conference's uh, defensive player of the year last year, all the way up to 13 sacks, but it was much more than that. He had 64 pressures, which was third most in FBS, and he actually had the highest pressure rate of anybody, um, which was pretty good, almost 20%. So I love guys that can do something, get to the passer. I know people will say, well, it's Colorado State. Do we really play any defense out there? And What's that- his name again? I want to write it down. He'll be the next guy I do a uh, a profile. Mohammed Kamara. Mohammed. Is it spelled like Alvin Kamara? Yes. Okay. K-A-M-A-R-A. Perfect. So go with All him. Right. Uh, got better every year, as I said. And, um, you know, he tested out great last night. So we're talking about a mid-round pick here. You're not going to... He's not going to be a second rounder, I don't think. But he, he could sneak into that, you know, with the compensatory picks and everything and everybody loving pass rush. Could be a guy. On you know late day two, where you go, Rose told me about him. Well, I'm I'm excited to put him in. If I like him, if I like him too much, I'll be pissed. I already did my mock draft video to be edited and didn't pick him. So I'm excited. Wait, do you do you don't do all seven rounds, do you? For the Giants, I do. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right. It's like Jesus. Bob. The people who do that, I'm like, you don't know. You're just you're just picking random people. You don't you don't actually know unless you are the, like one of the the top unless you do it year round yeah um like the jeremiah's uh you know dane, dane, dane brugler i had yeah. dinner earlier the other night with dane brugler i love dane brugler tell him i'm a big fan of his work i uh i couldn't believe how how young he is and he's got four kids four kids and he does the draft year round that's insane it is insane it is insane all right uh gms and head coaches talked this week at least those of them that that showed up uh, I want you to rank these comments on a scale of one to five, five being most interesting. One, you're like, Rose, let's move on to the next, next statement here. Uh, let's start with this. The Miami Dolphins and Chris Greer said they are meeting with two as reps about a long-term extension. Scale of one to five. One. Oh, wait. Oh, I thought we're, we're scale. I thought you meant ranking these one to five. Uh, five. That's the most interesting one to me. Would you like to expand a little bit yeah. on that? Um, I would let Tua play out this year, and if he played well at franchise tag, unless he mm. unless he had a year where it's like, okay, he's not living off of our scheme and our our great playmakers, right? Like I'm 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 low on Tua, uh, and I'm too. Obviously, like I I expect to meet with them and and consider it if they get, but you know, I I would not be. I would not lock myself in for another three years if I, for two if I was the Dolphins. I found the comment fascinating because I agree with you. I, I just don't – I had to look at how many guys next year are going to make at least $40 million at the quarterback position. You want to give a gander how many are? I'll say 13. Hey, you're right there. It's 12. Here are the names. Burrow, Herbert, Lamar, Hertz, Russell. Kyler, Shetson, Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Daniel Jones, sorry, Dak, and Matthew Stafford. 
Now, you know, some people say, well, those numbers aren't exactly right. The, that's where I went. The average that's annual I, value. I that's, what, that's what matters at the end of the day. All right. So that's a dozen. Outside of Daniel Jones, is there one other guy where you're like, yeah, two is better than that, dude? Definitely. Like, he's probably, he played better than Deshaun Watson has. Really. But, I mean, overall canvas, it's not the same. Yeah, there, like, I would take golf over to a right now. Um, right. I, th- I think say, the point that, is is that we don't know. Tua couldn't get there. Is, is that really like? Do we want to pay Tua forty million dollars a year? Like, is that what we need to? Is we don't want to go back into the quarterback pool and try and find somebody that's better? Yeah, and that's why I would let this year play out because I don't want to get rid of Tua. And if he plays, if he plays similarly, where it's like good numbers, like you know. He has good numbers, uh-huh. but you're still thinking like, man, this is limited. When teams do this, we we don't have success. I would, I would, fr- if there was no other option at that point, I would franchise tag him. I agree, man. I just, I think it's the way to go with him. I don't think everybody fits in that box, but I think he does. So that's why I found that one. Uh, all right, Seahawks and John Schneider say that Geno Smith is the starting quarterback in 2024. Quote. He is our starter until he's not our starter. How interesting is that on a scale of one to five? Uh, one, because I don't think they have any other options right now. You didn't find the comment interesting that he's our starter until he's not our starter? I think GMs always like to leave themselves some type of wiggle room, but are, they're not really in a spot to get a quarterback. And I know No, but they talk- usually don't say that. New new G new G it's not a new GM, but new coaching staff, they don't wanna I don't think they want to fully commit to anything just in case just in case. Well, yeah. I mean, Mike McDonald did a, an interview with a local TV station up in Seattle. And do you envision a future with both Geno Smith and Drew Locke, who is a free agent, here? And he's like, Yeah, I can't answer that question. So if I'm Geno, that's why to me this is like a four of five you don't hear usually they'll come up those are starter and then if they have to walk it back they walk it back this is both the gm and like, yeah I, I, maybe i don't know like that is that's some interesting do you think there's any path for them to not have a starting quarterback i think there's a slight possibility here um John Schneider came out and said recently that he was embarrassed that in his 14 years as as the decision maker and architect of this franchise, that he's only drafted two quarterbacks, Russell being one. Uh, Let me see. Alex McGuff was the other, I think is how you say it, if I remember his name correctly. But that's it. He's only drafted two, like not even just a flyer on a sixth rounder that you liked. Um, So I wonder if somebody's available in the second round, if Michael Penix is available, that would be very funny to keep Penix in uh in Washington. Um, but you don't uh, find it interesting, okay? That's okay. Yeah, I'm not trying. Even yeah, if they do that, I still don't find it that interesting because I, you know, I think Gino is what Gino is, and Michael Penix, I don't think is going to be some star either. So, a very boring quarterback situation. It's to me, it's interesting that you don't find it interesting. So that would be a five that Bobby Skinner doesn't find it interesting. Coach Dave Canales says, quote, there's no big fix needed for Bryce Young. 
Scale one, one he's five. just back in their first overall pick, and they have no other plan. I agree. I agree. Uh, no big fix needed. I, I don't know if I agree with that necessarily, but he is back in right. The statement itself, Bryce Young's got to improve, but everything around him has got to improve. He got sacked 62 times last year. Only David Carr got dropped more as a rookie. So you and I are in the same boat. Uh, Chiefs GM says he anticipates using the franchise tag on someone. He wouldn't say who that was. Scale of one to five. Four. Because they have Chris Jones, who they used the tag on last year, who's, again, one of the top five defenders in the NFL. But they could see them using it and doing a tag and trade, which it'd be kind of wild to see him leave the Chiefs after the year that he had. Yep. Um, so the Chiefs are, have a very difficult decision one way or the other. It's like, do you franchise tag one and pay the other? Do you tag one and let the other walk? Do you tag and trade? Need and then just hope you can get something done with Chris Jones, which is going to be have to be a massive contract. They got to they got to pay. Those those are two really good players. Chris Jones, obviously the superior. It's going to be interesting to see what Kansas City does as they try and go for the three peat. Yeah, I mean, there's not a better cornerback tandem, by the way, than Snead and McDuffie going. Here's the thing: they have done such a good job drafting on the defensive side of the football over the last three or four years that all these guys are going to grow up and you're going to have to pick and choose. You can't pay. You're not going to be able to pay all of them. The cap's not going to go up 30 million every year. So, um, but boy, you are tempting fate. If you, if you're going to get rid of a guy in his late twenties, that is a cornerback that is developed right in front of your eyes. Not only is he a great cover guy, he's one of the best blitzing corners in the NFL. I love his entire game. He is physical. He will knock you right in the teeth at the line of scrimmage. I think it's dangerous, though, um, if they do let him. Well, go. I think they, I think they'll use because I think they have a good enough relationship with Chris Jones that like they will get a con. Chris Jones isn't going to go play anywhere I agree. else. Sneed is the one where you could tag him. Like I would tag him and be like, "Hey, if we cannot get a deal done, then we will see if we can trade you for whatever draft capital." Which they've given mm. that them you know the opportunity to explore that. So. Uh, Sneed, Sneed is the big one because I think he's a player the Chiefs should really want to keep, but maybe they, I mean, they, they got players, they got a lot of guys they got to pay. So they do. Uh, by the way, the tag on a cornerback is uh 19.8, it's about 22 at the defensive tackle position. Uh, so I did find that interesting. I would grade it out as a four. Uh, Vikings GM is the last one. Uh, Quezzi Adolfo Mensa said Justin Jefferson deserves to be the highest paid wide receiver in the league. Too, because this is this deal is going to get done, but it, it ends all the Justin Jefferson trade stuff. I think. Uh, I found it a little more interesting. I would say three borderline four, like a three three and a half stars is probably what I would say. Um, if you're about to negotiate, you don't you don't want to say he deserves to be the highest paid receiver in the league, even though he's going to end up being that because you I do think have it's to so obvious with him that yeah, you can kind of get away with it like it's it's the most obvious like oh yeah he's gonna get like even when say whatever stefan Diggs, you know like if stefan Diggs was a free agent he would probably get tied with or barely over the highest paid contract in the nfl and people are like oh he's older he doesn't deserve that but it's mm -hmm. like hey that's just how it works with justin yeah. jefferson no one's blinking at you know no one's blinking at him no. getting even if he gets five million more per year than the highest paid guy uh who if if Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson each get 
each sign on the same day, who gets more money? Uh, Jefferson by like a hundred dollars. Cute, but Jefferson maybe gets more guaranteed money. Yeah, I would say it was a two on a scale of one to five. Good call. Uh, so those are some. Bengals of the need to get Chase done before they do. Jefferson gets his done though, because Je- Chase yes. is going to be the, one of those guys who's like, okay, I'm now it's my turn to reset the market. And then you could have the Bengals having the highest paid quarterback and receiver in the league for a team which has counted its pennies in recent years. Yeah, That'd get it done, Bengals. Uh, so all of those comments made by GMs and coaches here this week in Indianapolis. None of them held a candle to the one from Brandon Bean, the decision maker up there in Buffalo. He gave us this gem uh, about the deal that they moved up uh, now, what, six years ago to go draft Josh Allen. I mean, we got criticized a little bit for how much we gave up for Josh. And I'm like, well, if he doesn't work out, I'm not going to be here anyway. And if he does work out, nobody's going to give a shit. It was perfect. It was perfect. I'm so happy that a GM said that. Um, in your opinion, which team should have the onions to move up the way the Bills did in 2018 and go get the quarterback they believe in? Unfortunately, I don't think any of the three teams are going to trade down, but I think it's either my Giants or the Atlanta Falcons. Narrow like, that list down. Give me one. You know, I'll just say my Giants. I want the Giants to trade up and, and get a quarterback. Uh, I think you've got a very good offensive coaching staff, despite the fact you look at their offensive numbers and they were bad. But you look at how, you know, they were able to get the most out of freaking Tommy DeVito to where he's getting Pizza Hut commercials now. Tyrod Taylor actually had one of his best, like, statistical years as far as, like, you know, you know, completing deep passes and stuff. For a guy who was, like, notoriously conservative in, in his career, I think if they get a young guy that they can mold, hey, a guy who was with Brandon Bean, you know, molding that Josh Allen, who was not good the first couple years, uh, I think it can really change the course of the New York Giants franchise. Okay. Uh, I think it's a good call. It's not the right one. Hello, Raiders. I know it's a big leap. Monumental from 13 to get up at least 10 spots. Do you know how many times the Raiders have selected a quarterback in the first round? I believe the last one was Jamarcus Russell. That's correct. Um, before that, gosh, it had been so long. They had old guys forever, whether it's Rich Gannon or Jeff George. Um, was it was it the freaking the Wonder yes. Boy? Was it Wonder Boy? It was Todd Marinovich. And they had one other one in 1980, a guy named Mark Wilson, who was like one of the first BYU super throwers back in the day. Like he was the guy before Jim McMahon there that and he started for the Raiders eventually in the mid eighties, but he wasn't, he wasn't anything. So they have, they've had three doozies there. I know Raiders fans are sitting there saying we can't draft quarterbacks. Like we have to go get somebody else's project and let Jim Plunkett work his magic. Like he did leading them to a pair of Super Bowl championships. Um, Go get them, go get them because their first rounds have been utterly disastrous over the last decade. They've had, because some years they've had multiples, they've had 12 first-round picks. If Josh Jacobs g- leaves and goes somewhere else, do you know how many are still going to be on the roster out of those None. 12? Two. None. Two. Wilson last year. Oh, okay, okay. And and Colton Miller, who's been a – Yeah, Colton Miller's been a good solid, pick. 
yeah, solid offensive lineman for them. But that's it. The other guys, so, most of them are not in the league. Some of them are behind bars. Like, it's it's embarrassing what has gone on with this franchise. So go make a move. Set the tone. Telesco at the top. Antonio Pierce now with the Raider way. Smoking stogies. Go get your guy. Go get Do your boy. Have, I, honestly, I feel like if, if there's any team that needs to, like, take a quarterback in the first or second round, even though they may not be the best guys, it's the Raiders. They have the most bleak quarterback situation in the oh, NFL. Horrible. There's, there's no smart move for them. Right. So like you said, like now that would be an insane trade up. Uh, but yeah, they, they just they are they are not in a position for success because they don't. I mean, Aiden O'Connell is their starting quarterback right now. He's one of my one of the day three picks that I've actually liked over the last few years. Um, but yeah, they they have a very bleak situation there. Horrible. What what if they go get uh, Jaden Daniels? He started Arizona State and was and Andrew Pierce there on that staff? He was. He was. And that's when Jaden Daniels wasn't that good. Um, but you get you have Devontae Adams there as a good player. Michael Mayer, I'm ex- I'm excited to see him grow. So it's not the their offensive line performed better than their talent mm-hmm. last year. So I, I think they're a quarterback would make them competitive. You know, their run game got better once Antonio Pierce took over. Um so yeah, the Raiders quarterback situation is so bleak that I feel like they have to get out of the the draft with somebody on day one or day two. And by the way, if you have to move up 10 picks to go get your guy, you're like, my God, well, that means we're toasting three first round picks and probably at least one second round pick, if not multiple. Also, who gives a shit? I just told you about your first round strategy over the last decade. You've been lighting those picks on fire. Like what? Come on. Yeah. You also, but you also got to be like, well, that wasn't this GM, so you got to have more faith in them to make the right picks. Uh, I get. But it. I agree. There's if there's any team that needs to be desperate at the quarterback position, it's the Raiders. Right, because if the choice is like Bo Nix or sell the farm and go get Jaden Daniels or Drake May, sign me up. I'm taking that shot. Who cares? Come on. All right. Last thing. Uh, one of the fun things we do at the combine is that simulcam where we take guys that have run 40 and because it's this, it's on the same plane, we're able to superimpose guys from years past. So yesterday, one of the good ones was we had three Alabama Crimson Tide members, Dallas Turner toasted Derek Henry and Jalen Hurts in the 40, even though this is a, an edge rusher. I mean, look at it. There's some serious. There's that's some separation there. Do you find this stuff interesting, or are you like, oh, okay, it's just window dressing doesn't do much for me? It's insane how guys are just getting faster and faster every year. Non wide receiver, corner, back positions, right? You know, and a, a guy I follow who does draft stuff, do a barrel roll. Uh, he posted like, here's Dallas Turner running with Malik Neighbors, who is fast as hell as well, and it's it's crazy. Now he's. A little undersized, but he can play ball, right? Like, there's a chance he's the first defensive player off the board in Dallas Turner. Um, and that speed, man, is it's like it's insane yeah. that these guys are able to move like that. Even though I look at like the three cone and the short shuttle a little more so than the 40 with for like defensive line and offensive line. Yeah, I, I love that part. Uh, you know, Patrick Mahomes came out with a tweet yesterday, say, yesterday and said, please don't use my 40. 
and show. Yeah, he was begging them yeah, to use it. It's like, okay, now we yeah, have well, to use it. Of course, that's that that was that was an easy call for us. That was low hanging fruit. But the the best is when Run Rich Run does it, and you know they give Rich like a fifteen yard head start, and they get the fastest guy from the combine, and they let him go, and he runs zooms right past Eisen. Who you know is trying to break? Hey, Rich can move seconds. a little bit, right? That's a great. That's a great call. That's you know, that's when you start you know hearing closing time. Like that's the closing time yeah. song of the NFL Combine is Rich Eisen running this forty. Yeah, it's always great, and he does an amazing job raising money for St. Jude's, and that's that's the biggest win to come out of this entire thing. All right, so you'll be watching throughout the weekend, right? The coverage, of course, of course. I got to see right. the offensive linemen in their short shuttle. Um, and whichever quarterback throws the ball the longest, get ready to be hyped up, buddy. It is fun. I will say this, man. When you see the ball just sailing through the air and there's like nobody in the stands, it's kind of cool. Malik like, Willis. It, Remember Malik Willis just bombing oh, the yeah. ball? Um, he did. So it be interesting to see who, 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 who wins the, I can throw the ball the furthest and the prettiest. I, um, I know that nobody, everybody says, well, they're throwing again, you know, they're throwing in shorts. There's no defenders nipping at your ankles the whole bit. I, I get all that. I will say this go, go look at the tape from last year. CJ Stroud had an amazing day. He was putting the ball exactly where he just continued that through September, October, November, December, and January. So who struggled last year at quarterback? You were. Yeah. Uh, most quarterbacks was... drafted of all time, I believe. What's that? I think last, last year's year. draft was the most quarterbacks ever drafted. Really? Well, yeah. I, I, it felt like that. It felt like everyone was trying to find their Brock Purdy. Like Stetson Bennett went in the fourth round. There was somebody who struggled last year, and now I forget who it was. I really do. I heard that um, this was a, a year before I came, I think, uh, that Cam Newton was throwing it 16 rows into the stands. But it, he did it, and he ended up being the number one pick. Yeah, I, I said I. The, I don't think anyone has changed their mind on a player even slightly by the no. throwing drills at the combine. I think they just like to see it, you know, some guys that are on the field and get to see it and hear it and all that sort of stuff. That and they, it's the only time where you can see guys who are competing for the same spot throw sometimes one right after them. Right, that, that does help some guys, and you know, that's what Daniel Jeremiah said in terms of evaluation. All right, well, we certainly hope you tune into the Combine uh, exclusively on NFL Network, 3 o'clock on Friday. Uh, Saturday, it's 1. That is, that's our longest day, and Sunday, it's 1 o'clock. Things will finish up with the offensive linemen. Did you make your bed this morning? It looks, very, it looks like no one slept in it. Well, I slept in it. I slept in it. I did make it, though. I, I, I hate being too sloppy. Okay. I do have, like, one T-shirt on the edge and my white T-shirt. It's That's it. That's, but I try and clean up for you people. Yeah, that's good. You know. You know, I'm, I'm the dad of John Boy Media. I have to do that. All right. Uh, for our awesome producer, Mikey, and Bobby Skinner from the Talking Giants world, I am Chris Rose. We will see you Monday here on Football Today.